0: debate as to who composed the lyrics of the LaSalle College School song, has occupied the hearts and minds of many over the years. There were four possible suspects and perhaps even more. The four were, Brothers Amar Soron, the founder of the college, Cassian Brigant, the second principal, Honorius Dupont, a good teacher of English and drama, and Edmund John Burke, also a good teacher of English, music, and singing. At long last, a document has surfaced, which seems to indicate, once and for all, that the composer was the last, Brother Edmund John Burke. The article was written by Brother Michael Curtin, a close friend of Brother Edmund since they were together as young lazalians in formation, in Dover in England. The article is very much in Brother Michael's style. At the end, it makes for sad reading, because of the tragic death of Brother Edmund. As the composer of the La Salle College School song, Brother Edmund certainly deserves to be remembered, with prayer and affection. Brother Michael entitles his article Brother Edmund, as I knew him and signs off with, a fellow Doverite.
1: A fresh gap has been violently torn in our ranks by the untimely death of our confrere, Brother Edmund John. Every death brings with it the numbing sense of finality. I need hardly describe with what impact, this particular death fell on me, it was the end of so much. Apart from the ties of brotherhood, there had flourished between us for 36 years, a close friendship and affection, which no distance or separation was allowed to loosen. Alec Burke was born at Folkestone, of Irish parentage of Dublin origin. His brother John was ordained to the priesthood and is at present, chaplain to our brothers at St. Joseph's College in Beulah Hill, London. Alec entered the Juniorate of Lavo Bellet in 1921, and received the Holy Habit on the Feast of the Holy Rosary in 1923 at Castlemount Dover, receiving the name of Edmund Jean. Having volunteered for the Far East, he left Dover in 1925 to begin his missionary career, which brought him to Manila, Hong Kong, and Burma. I first met Brother Edmund in Levo Bellet, Guernsey in 1922. Brother Leo Barrington and I had just arrived at the Juniorate, and were being led around the dormitory, where the juniors were changing for football. The recruiter introduced us to a smiling shock-haired junior. This is one of our best boys, Alec Burke. He had a winning personality, and his efficiency, good humor and quick perception, set him aside as a leader. He was chef de groupe, and I recall how tactfully he handled our recreation group in awkward situations. Half the juniors were from England, half from France, with boys between the ages of 14 to 16, embarrassing misunderstandings could occur, and only a leader with a personality, could preserve the entente cordiale. In 1923, I lost sight of Edmund for a year. He had begun his novitiate in Dover. However, the following year, I was a novice in Dover, and Edmund was studying in the Scholasticate. I then saw much of Edmund, as novices and scholastics were intermingled in recreation groups, and on the weekly walks. On the eve of his death, we spoke about those old Dover days, recalling old friends and amusing incidents. In the course of conversation, he said. You know, I really think I made a good novitiate. Brother Damien George was always harping on convictions, I think I did acquire a few, which came in good stead, at a critical period of my life. Dover was no place for molly coddling. At the end of his scholastic eight-year, Brother Edmund volunteered for the Far East, but before his departure, he taught English to our group for a month. The week of his death, he teasingly introduced me to the Archbishop of Mandalay, as one of his old pupils. All I remember of his English lessons, is his reading of poetry. He had a clear resonant speaking voice, which he used with great feeling and expression. Leaving England and his Kentish home, was not easy. Under an exterior which some might have thought flippant or cynical, there beat a heart, full of love of God, of his family, and of his district. Brother Leo Barrington relates how a few days before he was to leave for his distant mission, Brother Leo had been sent into the Salde professor to get some chalk. Under the impression that the room was untenanted, he burst in without knocking. There stood Brother Edmund by the window, looking towards Folkestone, in the hills beyond Dover, with tears coursing down his cheeks. An incident more eloquent than words indicating the great sacrifice Edmund was making, for he dearly loved his home at Folkestone. Our paths were not to cross again until 1935. Edmund was transferred from Manila to Kowloon, and I, to Manila, from Kowloon. We crossed at sea like ships in the night. The mantle of Edmund that descended upon me was rather voluminous. He was running a debate club and an oratorical club. He had started a literary magazine, published quarterly, which was confined to literary topics, essays, and poems contributed by the students of La Salle. It was an undertaking out of the usual rut of school magazines, and did much to foster and develop creative writers. Rafael Zulueta da Costa, who won international fame for his prize-winning epic, Strong Grows the Mollus dedicated his published work to brother Edmund, with a handsome and grateful tribute, for the guidance and inspiration, he had given to the author as a student. Edmund, in his short stay in Manila, left an ineffaceable impression on his pupils, as a teacher of English. He was not a mere transmitter of knowledge, his teaching was the joint enterprise of a group of friendly human beings, who liked using their brains. He did much to create a nucleus of young, enthusiastic Catholic writers of the Philippines. Brother Edmund's brief sojourn in La Salle College, Kowloon, is still remembered with affection and appreciation by his old students. He made his mark by the force of his convictions, constant sincerity of thought, unfailing integrity of purpose, and high ideal of his vocation and professional duties. Even at this distance in the years, his vigour and good humour are still remembered. Generations of La Salle students will keep his memory green, when they sing the school song, which was composed by him. During these years, an intermittent stream of correspondence passed between us, which abruptly ceased, when war crashed into our smooth existence, and swept us apart. After the war, he returned to England, and taught for two years in Kintbury. We were neighbors and saw a good deal of each other, for we had many sympathies in common, and had been in the same places, Manila, Hong Kong, and Burma. He spent two years of study at Cambridge where, at the age of more than 40, he successfully passed his BA honors. Edmund would have preferred to stay in England, but at the end of his studies, he was appointed director of St. Albert's High School Mameo in Burma. He quipped to me. Rome has spoken, the case is closed. Amidst a thousand difficulties, lack of funds, lack of personnel, he built a handsome concrete structure, to house the brothers and boarding department. He set the highest standards and tone, and remarkably, within a few years of its existence, St. Albert's became outstanding for its results in the public examinations. To him, Saint Albert owes a lasting debt, which will grow as the school reaps the fruits of his ardent pioneer labours. Six years later, he was director of Saint Paul's in Rangoon, one of the best-known schools in the country. His task was an immense one. There were 2,900 boys in the school, and incessant demands for places. But he was determined to maintain high standards. From youth, Edmund had that mold and ideal of manhood, which we would all like our pupils to aspire to, and if possible attain. His great gifts of character were enriched, and developed by his early training, and constant self-discipline through life. The Chinese philosopher Lin Yu Tang says somewhere, that the cultured man is not necessarily one who is well-read or learned, but one who likes and dislikes the right thing, that is, he has taste. Edmund was a well-read man. Moreover, he had taste. He had the capacity for thinking things through to the bottom, and independence of judgment, and unwillingness to be bulldozed by any form of humbug. He was the soul of integrity. Utility as the only basis of morality, was an ethical doctrine that he never accepted. He may not have been popular with some, but he was respected by all who came in contact with him. Whatever task he engaged in, was carried out with energy and efficiency, but with good humor and consideration for others' feelings. He excelled as a conversationalist. His witty comments, stories, and anecdotes, enlivened the recreations. Everyone who has spoken to me, or written to me about Edmund, has emphasized three things. His cheerful humor, his vitality, and his integrity. At the end of March this year, Brother Edmund remained in Rangoon for a few days, to complete the promotions for the Scholastic Year. He was eager to rejoin his community up in the Shan Hills. The Kalor Country House had been reopened, and he was busy planning improvements, for he wanted his community to enjoy a pleasant holiday. I was impressed by the warm reception given to him wherever he went he seemed to enrich the lives of all who knew him. We returned to Rangoon, and on the 10th of April, he came to bid me farewell at the airport at 1.30 a.m. The plane was delayed, but Edmund, the perfect host, insisted on staying until 4.30 a.m., when the plane finally flew off. In the early hours of the morning of the 11th of April, brother Edmund was stabbed to death by a hireling. The overturned furniture and the shambles of the room bore testimony to the tremendous and heroic fight he made in death. He died as he lived, the happy warrior. May his gallant soul sleep in peace, and may his courage and fortitude be an inspiration to us.
0: Brother Michael's tribute to Brother Edmund is touching. He had lost a soulmate